morning tip. Good afternoon. It is January 16th, 2024. You're listening to A Little Column A, Little Column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I am doing pretty super today, but that super wild card weekend, that was not so super. I am wondering if the NFL next year is going to have to officially change its name to Mediocre Wild Card Weekend or maybe just football wild card weekend five out of the six games absolute blowouts now we did have upsets would you prefer blowouts that are upsets or you preferred more drama and close games and then the favorites still moved on well all right i'm gonna give you a, a then and now sort of answer because if you'd asked me 10 years ago i'd be like no these these upsets are terrible we, we don't want this at all but in the current state of the team I root for and support in the New England Patriots, I think it's in favor of me to say, no, the underdogs are great because that seems like what we're going to be for the next couple of years. And I like it. I, I suppose in this case, I didn't have a dog in the in the race. I didn't have a team I was rooting for or really against. There's a couple teams where I was rooting for basically both teams. But boy, did I get some joy out of watching the Eagles and Dallas lose this week. It's It's a sickness. It's really, I shouldn't be proud of this. I shouldn't feel good about this. This should be concerning like you're saying and yet there's kind of a smile from ear to ear of being like i can't because they got their ass kicked too it wasn't just they lost they i'm got, beginning to think maybe the nfc east wasn't that good this year well maybe the bears are in better shape than uh, than we thought you know they have two of the best teams in the league in their own division right well yeah maybe like how how crazy do you get with all this with green bay moving on over dallas and detroit you know kind of getting it done and really eking out a tight win against the rams but overall looked like a like a really solid playoff t- quality team I, I I guess the the Dallas thing is a little bit more shocking I think we've seen the sinking ship of Philly over the last couple of weeks and it's it's been known couple weeks it's been like over a month now they went five for their last six so are you more shocked that Philly lost or Dallas lost Dallas and is it who they lost to as well because Jordan Love, I haven't exactly been the biggest fan of on this podcast. I mean, you run back the tape, and I'm I'm not looking real good right now. I don't know how you feel about what you what you've said in the past, but I didn't think that could happen. I thought there were some vulnerabilities that maybe they'd get a little sneaky in this game, and you know, if Dallas made a couple too many mistakes or a couple errors or who knows something silly like that, just to give Green Bay a little bit of an advantage here. But this was this was a beatdown. Dallas has played from behind this entire game, and. I, da, you know, Dak threw for 403 yards. I, I don't know what you correct about all this other than just play better. I mean, what, where do you even start with what went wrong with this team? Was it the defense? Was it the offense? I know they scored 32 points, and it it's both. almost it's almost like they showed up just to have like a decent, you know, safe face a little bit in the score, but this was a blowout from the get-go. I mean, 16 of those were in the fourth quarter. That That's complete garbage time. I, I think some of the surprising is not just that they lost is that they were awesome at home though, though the whole year and that green Bay jumped on them and it wasn't even close. It was all right. Green Bay scores once. All right. They, you know, I think it was the first drive. All right. They you know that happens, you know, would prefer not to Cowboys are really good. Usually when they get the lead and can just front run, but this time they did not. And then it's like, Oh, green Bay scored again. Oh, now Jack throws a, a pick six. It just, the wheels just absolutely fell off in a way that I didn't think was going to happen to Dallas, even though it seems to happen to Dallas every single year. It felt like they got the team you would have wanted to play going into the playoffs too. I mean, they got the seventh seed. This is the, this is the last team in. 
in, in, in Green Bay. And it wasn't like they were the hottest team, you know, that just no. clawed their way in. And then, you know, they were they won their last seven games or something just to have a chance to get in. And then the last day they got some help and, and snuck in. Like, this wasn't a team that had any momentum at all and came in like this was, you know, round two of their of their Super Bowl run. Just As well as this is Jordan Love's first playoffs. So he, he's a playoff rookie. So you also thought, okay, Dak's been there before. You know, McCarthy's been there before. They've both had their struggles, but you, know, you, you got an idea. But Dak just just didn't didn't look very good. Well, despite what you want to say, being more shocked with Dallas, I actually thought the Philadelphia performance was even more embarrassing. You want to know how many third downs Philly converted? Seven. Zero for nine. You want to know how many fourth downs? You know, tush push. This is the team. Maybe they went for a lot of fourths, right? Like they probably. Didn't really care about third down or just inched it a little bit closer so they get it. So how many fourth downs do you think they got? I think they got one. Zero. Oh for two. Ooh. Oh for two. I thought they were I thought they were one for three. I thought they had gotten one. I know they missed the, the two point conversion. And then there was another one that uh, it's just it's just so funny. Like midway through the year, that was a storyline that, oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get rid of this play because it's unstoppable. It's just give the defense a little bit of time and they're gonna figure it out. I actually thought Devontae Smith was somewhat unstoppable in this game. If like he still had a good game, it, it's that they had nothing else, and there was a lot of desperation when he did get. But I, I thought, I thought he was really good. I, I was still really impressed. You know, being solo out there, there's no AJ Brown on the other side. You're getting a lot more attention. Your your team's trailing, and the other team knows that they're just focusing on you. So I, for him to have you know eight receptions, 148 yards, I thought that was at least in an applauded uh, performance. And that alone is really the only applause that that team deserves at this moment. But some shocking losses, some shocking matchups. Uh, let's the kick- Eagles tackling was just so terrible. I just want to touch on that before we, we move on. Just, it was almost like when you, you're watching a movie and they're trying to up how good the other team is. And like the defense can barely even touch them. And, they're going for these dives and they're not even close. You you mentioned it, the not converting on third down. There wasn't that they weren't getting to these guys. It was that they were, and they just weren't tackling. It looked awful. I, I, I don't know what exactly the, uh, the, the problem was. And it just repeatedly happened over and over again. I think they had a graphic in the second quarter that they're already showing number of missed tackles. Just, well, that's, that's never a good graphic to have at any point in the game, let alone in the, in, in the first half. I was watching the Manning cast and during one of probably the most atrocious quarters of tackling Ray Lewis was the guest on with both of them. And it was almost like he was interrupting everybody and being like, I can't believe the tackles like they're they're This is bad. Like the, the, this guy is supposed to slow him down so the other guy can tackle and nobody's doing that. They're all going for arm tackles and just doing a very unfundamental thing. And it, it's, it's concerning that that was your playoff performance, you know, that you, and you, also want to remind you that if this wasn't the warmest game, this was close to the warmest game of all the games going on. So it was not a weather situation of, ah, it was really cold and weren't prepared and weren't wearing the right gear or turf or something. It's no, this was, this was down in Florida. <laughs> this was the, the warmest possible, possible game compared to some of the other ones we were dealing with. Well, the game was in Tampa Bay, but with the home kind of field advantage, there was also a ton of wide receiver and tight end drops that just killed by the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers offense. And yet they were still able to overcome a bunch of just Mike Evans on, there was, there was some real bad drops and 
Yeah, it just felt yeah, like they it made been, it. It could have been even worse. It should have been for, worse. For the Eagles. It really should have been. Yes. It really should have been. It, this could have gotten way out of control. They could have had a Mike Evans game that was memorable. This was a forgettable one. And, and I, I think he'll still bounce back, hopefully, in the, this upcoming week. But, I mean, 32-9 to nine for Philly to, to close out the year like this, it's, it's not great. And the coaching situations with both of these guys we're going to get to after we make our picks. But they are certainly in jeopardy. And with the amount of coaching availabilities i'd say a, a new hires available uh it'll be interesting to see if either of those teams are are making those sort of decisions going forward uh but let's kick off our first picks here on saturday at 4 30 the, the the normal way to, to kick off football for the playoffs is houston plays the first game so 4 30 saturday houston at baltimore baltimore on the bye doing a nice job all season getting to watch everyone kind of duke it out week week one here but Houston, C.J. Stroud coming out of nowhere and just blowing out Cleveland. I think I'm going to mostly remember this as the Joe Flacco comes back to life game where back-to-back pick sixes. You can't even make that up. It was like karma just adding all the way back up and being like, no, we can't anoint Joe Flacco as the chosen one. We have to balance it back out to what he's always been. And to just compound it all into one game felt very brutal. But I am impressed by C.J. I think that's a fantastic story and an awesome draft pick. He's I think the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. We'll see how long that holds up, but that's that's if you're Houston, this is a dream season, is it not? Like this is best case scenario, and yet you're running into a buzzsaw in the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not worried about Baltimore here. I think this is a great game to see Lamar versus CJ. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I just think that they the experience is going to add up, but I am excited for this game, and I think Houston has a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, who are you going with this game? I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. I think the Texans already exceeded expectations getting into the playoffs and winning a game. Uh, <laughs> like you said, Flacco just fell apart. The The defense didn't travel. There'd been some trouble this year. I thought that they'd be able to uh, get it together for, for a playoff game. That was not the case. Ravens are going to be all rested up, but I, I agree. You know, if you're the Texans, you, uh, we're in the playoffs not that long ago, and then everything kind of fell apart, and you figure you're going to be in purgatory for a while, and then you get a high draft pick, you draft your quarterback, and it sure looks like you got a quarterback for the future that not a lot of teams can say that, and you made the playoffs this year. It's not even a, uh, this guy looks pretty good, and there are flashes, but you, we went eight and eight and nine. And you know we'll try again next year. It's like oh no, there's already stuff you you, you can build on a playoff win. <laughs> there's there's a lot of teams that haven't had a playoff win in a while or have just recently got playoff wins in a while. They're doing this without Tank Dell, and I also like to just point out the Deshaun Watson trade wasn't the most recent thing, but it it's such a bullet dodge and it's such an advantage. It's such a thing that they won. Like they're still playing with house money after that, so. Shout out to all of them. It's uh, it'll be an interesting game though. Do you think they have any chance of this one? Is this going to be tight? Or are we getting our our normal blowouts as you pointed out this past week? I think the Ravens are going to blow them out. Two scores. All right. So we both got Baltimore. Next game, Saturday night, eight fifteen. Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Jordan Love versus Brock Purdy. I, I do like the quarterback matchups that we kind of ended up with. Like they all just feel like they're in the right weight class, and it's a fair fair kind of assessment. Uh, we already kind of talked about the the Green Bay dominance of Aaron Jones coming back to life. I mean, three touchdowns for him, three touchdowns for Jordan Love. I, I, at Dallas, it was just a complete disaster. I'd, I'd like to think Green Bay could carry this momentum and that it's really going to matter, but 
the San Francisco defense is going to be so much better than whatever Dallas put out there. And this offense just saw everything that the Green Bay defense was doing. And you know, let's not forget the Packers did still put up or give up 32 points. I know it was at the end of the, the fourth quarter here, but this is going to be a far more superior matchup with the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going with the San Francisco. I, I You know, I felt like it was all chalk last week too. And, and this seems like a scarier way to not go chalk this week. I, I, I'll give you credit if you're willing to jump on board here. But which bandwagon are you on? This week, I'm I'm gonna go with the 49ers. They've they've looked good all year except for that one uh, little swoon that they had when they had some injuries. But looks like pretty much everybody is uh, all all the way healthy. Christian McCaffrey's been practicing this week, so if he's ready to go, I, I just don't see how the Packers are gonna be able to build off of what they did last week, where 49ers were in position last year to make it to the Super Bowl before. Brock got hurt, and now you're scrambling with quarterbacks at the last the last minute. It's almost impossible. So I think this year they got their team. I think they're motivated a little, maybe even more than, than some other teams just on what happened last year, thinking they missed out on an opportunity, and they're not going to squander it this year. If you're Green Bay and the, the Texans, you know, I suppose the Texans, the not have a tank Dell thing is kind of like having something going forward, but you know, if, you're, if you're either of these teams, like what – are you building off of this year? Is this this is like a huge momentum thing right now? Now that you have a young quarterback in Jordan Love that's somewhat proven. Same thing with CJ. Like, what kind of offseason moves do you think they should be doing? Like, are they should be going all in at this point, or are we still rebuilding? Let's, let's take it easy. Let's get some draft picks and see what we get. I think with the NFL, when you have the quarterback still early on, you have to you have to go. You have to just green light gas all the way because as soon as the quarterback matures and then you really know that he's the guy you got to pay him and then you just can't be paying other guys so having a quarterback on a rookie deal is just a huge advantage and teams are taking advantage of the past the Seahawks were able to do it with uh, Russell Wilson where they're able to really shore up the defense and have a really dominant defense because they didn't have to pay a premium for a more veteran quarterback but still have the output of someone that would be a veteran quarterback. All right, next game, Sunday, 3 o'clock. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. Detroit somehow getting another home game out of all of this. It, it's it's working out real well for them. It, it was a hell of a game watching them battle against the Rams. Uh, the Stafford golf back and forth and the way this is kind of being judged as if like, – like golf didn't win a Super Bowl – and, and he didn't win one this weekend either. Like, he just won a playoff game. And it's like, oh, they won the deal. And it's it's like, no, they, the Stafford and the Rams, they won a Super Bowl. You, you don't get to ever say you stole an argument from them until you win a ring yourself. So, I, But I, you're talking to a team that in recent memory has gone 0-16 and hasn't won a playoff game in 31 years. So just franchises have different expectations. So this is a huge step for them. I had Eminem uh, doing a little pre-hype-up video, uh, all produced and everything, and there were a bunch of Detroit celebrities that were there. This was a big deal for them. That that crowd was pumped. But huge deal. Can't can't argue the importance of the city and, and the value of having that of something you, you, you want every year and you don't always get. And I just don't think you could ever argue that they, they won the Goff-Stafford trade when Stafford won a Super Bowl. Like that's the whole point of the trade. That's what we couldn't do with golf. They almost did. If they'd won, we're probably have, looking at this completely different. 
I haven't heard anybody arguing who who has won the trade. Where, like you said, yeah, one of them won a Super Bowl. Like, it's kind of kind of the end of it. All right. Well, Tampa Bay's in trouble. I think this will be a fun game, Baker versus Golf. It's it's again a very very much in your weight class here. I'm I'm excited to see if Evans is going to be able to put up some points. And it, I, I did like that, despite there were some blowouts. There was a lot of points this weekend. There were some frozen elements and some weather elements in a couple games, but there, there was at least some points being put up. I think we're going to continue to see some points this week, and I'm going to go with Detroit. I think they're going to outscore Green Bay and or not Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and maybe we won't see quite as sharp a Baker this time. I mean, there was definitely some shaky plays. There's a couple sacks that could have easily sabotaged them if if Philly had their act together. But uh, I'm going with Detroit. Who are you going with? I'm also going to go with Detroit. I I'd love to see Baker playing like he did. Uh, especially where last week he was hobbling around. I, I did not expect him to, to look this good, but he, he was moving around in the first half. But I think in the second half, Eagles started to get to him. He was taking a lot more sacks. I think if the receivers and the tight ends are catching the ball, it could be much more interesting. And I would very much like it to be a competitive game, but I'm going to stick with the uh, with the Lions. All right, last shout out. Puka Nakua. We, we knew him from fantasy all year. Fantastic year. Nine receptions, nine receptions, one eighty-one and a touchdown. You know he hasn't he hasn't done this before. This is first try, and it's and it's that. And he wasn't even a a high draft pick. It wasn't like next year, like Marvin Harrison Jr. He's I, coming in, going to be a top five pick is the expectation. So if he were to go on this run, it you're expecting it. You're like, oh no, this guy really good. Or Puka, he he came out of nowhere. Look, I don't ever want to hear the draft pick thing again. You you want to know who was drafted right before him? Who? Uh, the New England kicker. Well, I don't even know. know his, I don't uh, even know his uh, name. If, if you saw some of our quarterbacking uh, this year, I don't think I think we could have had uh, prime Randy Moss out there. I don't think it was gonna really make a difference. Yeah, well, we could have had this guy, and instead we took a kicker whose name I don't even know, and I don't even think he's on the roster. I'm not sure. All right, next game. <laughs> I had to sneak that in there. I saw that today. I don't even know if it's it's, uh, it's probably yeah, I did true. Not pick up on that. Sunday, six thirty. Weird, weird, weird times on Sunday. Do we like this? It's not one and four. We're going three o'clock and six thirty East Coast. I would prefer the uh, the the one and the four. I think that was more traditional, even during the playoffs, and that lines up with the normal schedule. But I get you're trying to get it into prime time, so I, I, I like it that it's at least earlier than than the normal we have the kansas city chiefs at the buffalo bills are the bills back they got the playoff wins we got josh allen out there we're four touchdowns total for the day three throwing one rushing 203 yards beating up on pittsburgh which honestly i can't even lie to myself and say they beat up on pittsburgh pittsburgh kind of snuck into this game towards the end there there was some odd pressure despite not really being in the game that they were applying to buffalo i thought towards the end Wild weather both ways. Tons of snow in Buffalo. Frigid, negative 29, 27 wind chill. Kansas City at, uh, with Miami. I thought Tua had one of his worst games of the year. I thought Tyreek was still incredible with his one play that he was able to score their only touchdown off of that. Why do you think that Miami didn't come up earlier to get acclimated to the temperature? Do you think that would have helped? I think that they were in trouble either way, but it does seem 
I just gotta imagine it's gotta be some sort of factor if you're coming from 70, 80 degrees to zeros. I, I mean, it, it's really hard. Like, we're not really built for that temperature in general, but it just seems that quick of a of a change. I, I think that was always a concern. You know, if you even look at just traditionally the dolphins, I think this was the. I don't remember this is if this was the coldest or close, but it was in any of the games under 40 degrees, you know, the past 10, you know, they were one in nine or, or something like that. It was just like all of the, the cold weather games did not go in their favor. And I just have to imagine it has to do something with getting it acclimated. And it just makes me wonder if other coaches would have done it differently. I thought cold weather meant, you know, you got to run the ball. And I thought Miami had the better running game. The, the weird part in this game is that they didn't, they didn't have a running game. Like it's just, it wasn't but there. They're not a power running team. I think when it's cold, that's the tradition is it's, it's a power running and you're really going to smash into guys and make the defense say, Hey, I don't want to be out here. This, this, this is no fun, but the, the, the dolphins are more of a finesse running team. And I said, I was concerned that speed in the cold. I think I thought I said it was going to slow down. If you're Miami, are you committed to Tua being your quarterback going forward? I think you have to. I think he is at least average to above average. He, he they definitely had some some real highs this year, and I just think you could you can slip so much lower. And with those other skill position guys, you still need a quarterback. And are you willing to roll the dice? I mean, who who are you gonna are you gonna draft somebody? You're gonna draft. You're not gonna have a a top draft pick, and that's, that's the unknown. Where at least here you you know what you have. I just think he's really only good in the most ideal circumstances possible with a talented roster. And he's really only at his best when he's making his first decision quickly. He doesn't really stall. But, and there, gives... he, but there, he at least has positive qualities. There's a it's, whole it's... bunch of quarterbacks that don't even have positive qualities. It's all negative to, well, maybe, maybe next year he can do this. So I think you just have to think not just on – hey, is he the right guy for the job of, if we get rid of him, who's coming in? Yeah, I don't know if I just like that he's, I feel like he's just a fast test taker, but he's not really good at the test. Like, he just, it's it's an interesting scenario. I, I, it's, it, it wasn't the greatest Kansas City Chiefs team either, and they looked great that day. I thought Mahomes, playoff Mahomes is, is a thing. I thought there was a little extra effort on everything. I thought Rashi Rice really showed up and, they desperately needed him and they're going to need him every single game going forward because they don't, I don't, I don't want to pick on Kelsey, but it's, he's either injured or, or, or something is, is he's just not the same. And that that's, that's fine. Guys get old. This league is brutal. The, the hits he's taken and the success he's had is still an incredible career, but it, if Rice doesn't deliver, this team isn't going to be able to win another game. And I think they got a decent chance to win this one. I'm actually going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs over Buffalo. I, I I thought Buffalo was still really shaky against a Pittsburgh team that maybe didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs. And Buffalo certainly looked like the professional playoff team, like they've been there before, and I, and I have some faith in them. But this Kansas City team has that same thing, and I, and I just like it more. I think Mahomes has a little bit more of an X factor in him, and and, and I think he has just enough to kind of out, outduel this. And I'm just waiting for Buffalo to make the next mistake. Who are you going with in this one? Well, I guess we'll just go with all the same picks because I'm also going to go with the Chiefs. They are not going to be 
uh, deterred by the weather because both teams play where it's really cold. So that's not going to be an issue like when the Dolphins came up. But I just I can't pick against Mahomes. I could see I could see the Bills winning, but I think I'm going to feel sillier if on Monday morning <laughs> coming to do the podcast if I picked against Mahomes and Mahomes won. It just he's been in this spot before, and it just seems like the Bills have been in this spot, and something happens. They just they're not at the Chargers level, but they just do something where you're just like, what 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 are you doing? Why why are you doing that? Josh Allen, like you're so good, just. Throw the ball away. Don't throw it into double coverage. Why? Just some sort of mistake. I don't know if it'll be Josh. I don't know if it'll be special teams. Just something along the way will happen, and the Chiefs are just gonna just may make their way through and take advantage of it. Either way, when it's all said and done, I think we've criticized both of these teams thoroughly throughout the year. There were moments where we were all on board. There was moments where people certainly jumped ship and they looked terrible. We are where we're supposed to be in some way. It's Kansas City, Buffalo. It's round two of the playoffs. The winner of this is going to have a chance to go somewhere and, and do what they really want to do. But this is a fun matchup. I, I always kind of get excited for this one. I think it's delivered good results in the past. And I hope this is a hell of a Sunday night game. I really do. I mean, I, I'm, I pick Kansas City to win, but one of these games has to be tight. And this would be the most fun one if it ends up being it. All right. Like you said, we've seen it in the past where – each quarterback gets the ball with less and less time, and you're wondering, is, is, is this too much time? Is this, is this enough for for this quarterback? And it could very easily come down to, hey, who has the ball last? If these two are able to deliver basically a college overtime two-minute drill between each other, again, I don't even know. What, like We should just have this every week. Like We should get rid of the, all the other teams and just let that happen every single time. Uh, all right, big, big, exciting, uh, big, exciting stuff for NFL this week. But this was hardly the, the main story of the week. There have been a coaching carousel of, of of firings, of parting ways, of retirements, and a whole bunch of potential of new coaching vacancies. I suppose the big news is that Belichick and the Patriots have decided to part ways. There was a press conference. Robert Kraft was there. They answered no questions. It was the most New England thing ever, and. I was almost happy of the way it ended. I for, for sure thought that just the competitive nature of us all was going to really force a, a trade out of all of this. But in, in some ways, that was almost going to damage and make Bill's life a little bit harder. And I don't know if he necessarily deserved that. And perhaps that's losing a little bit of competitive nature and not knowing that. But I, I really don't have a problem with it. I thought the press conference is fine. I'm a little concerned on our new hire and then our new direction of this team, but we'll, we'll kind of get to that. This was hardly the only coach that moved on today. There's Pete Carroll and Nick Saban also retired, but let's start with the Belichick stuff. Uh, your your kind of thoughts on, I guess, Bill no longer being a Patriot. I mean, this is this is really the only divorce of my life was Tom Brady, and then now this is the Belichick di divorcing the Patriots here. I don't really have a whole lot of conflicts in my life that, that have separations like this. Everyone's kind of Stood pat, and this is this is gonna be a big change. Uh, how how are you adjusting to this, and what what are your thoughts on Bill's future? It was not a fun press conference. Uh, it did not bother me that they didn't take any questions because I all the questions were going to be Bill, like where are you going to go next? And it was answered right in both of their speeches that he would be leaving the Patriots, but would be continuing to coach or was still at an interest to coach. I can imagine some team is a uh, is interested in him. Uh, three-time coach of the year, but even more importantly, six-time Super Bowl champ. Watching the press conference and just 
knowing the press conference was coming and still just having that denial of in the same way when hearing the the, the Brady news a, a few years ago where it just the denial like oh no like th- this will never happen we're gonna keep doing this we're gonna figure this out this is all gonna work out and then even even in like the like the days after kind of just hitting me of and just since we've done this just not that long ago with Brady is you have this initial he's going he's not gonna be here anymore then we're gonna have the second blow that is he is gonna go coach for X team and then there's the off season and then it's gonna be you know firing up red zone and it's gonna be you know you know he just interviewed with the Falcons and ah you know Bill Belichick on a, on a different sideline and then you get hit again. Uh, I think both of us were not handling it the best. We got in an argument about uh, Celtics coaching, which I think we were both really just angry about uh, Bill Belichick. So I think we were, we're we're not handling it the best, but I think we're just going to have to figure it out. Is there a team you really dread him going to? Or is it all of them? No, it's not any of uh, it's It's not all. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's just not the Eagles. I think that's – I just think the way – I mean, I don't even think they have a bad coach. That's that's kind of the the weird part is that this team, I, I think roster-wise, just fell apart. And then defensively, the coaching is an, an easy flaw. But I, I think even if you ask their their current head coach, it was Sirianni there, uh, he would yeah. redo the, the defensive coordinator thing all over again this year as well. Like, that's not a – like, that's such a hard thing to do during the season to, to then to throw Patricia in and then Big Dom back and then blah, 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 all of that. And – Really, the results of it—it didn't matter what the coaching was going to be. This team had some injuries. Well, even more of AJ Brown uh, was hurt, and Jalen Hurts uh, dislocated his finger last week. Like, didn't throw all week, and I, I believe he's had a knee injury for most of the year. One of those. Well, if you're out there playing, you, know, you should be able to play. But also, well, why was he? Why wasn't he running? Why wasn't he playing as well as he did the year before? It's like, well, you know, he's got he's got a knee that needs to recover. Hopefully, in the uh, you know in the off season. So yeah, I think I think it's the Eagles. Do you have a team that you specifically would not want him to uh, be a part of? I don't want him to go to Dallas. I feel like that's going to have a coaching vacancy any second now. I, I just I don't know how you're going to hold on to McCarthy after what. I mean, they weren't even in that game at all. Like that game was over immediately, and it's just they were favored. They were at home. They had a a pretty strong regular season. It's just and none of it matters if you if you show up with a performance like that. Like I. I think you're in jeopardy for being fired. Like, there's just no other excuse. They didn't have the injuries. You just mentioned a whole bunch of injuries on Philly, but what what did Dallas have? They didn't have. Like, what is their excuse? I I just don't see I don't one. Think, I don't think they really really have one. Like, I don't think it's likely. I, I I just I don't think it's likely that Belichick will go there. But it does look like that they may have a coaching vacancy, and it's there's something something about Dallas and being that center of attention that I could see Bill being attracted to and so unattracted to at the same time. I don't know what he is. Yeah, he, I know, I, yeah, I don't know why, but for some reason, Dallas doesn't bother me as much. I, I also, and the funny part, we we're both naming teams that still, as of right now, still have a coach. <laughs> so, well, I guess I'm just saying, I'm gonna root for him. To, are you gonna root for him to get this record? Like, I want him to have the wins record. Yeah. So if if you if you really are gonna do that, and you kind of factor in his age to to some degree. He's got to go to a team kind of like what Philly or Dallas had this year to get this done in like two seasons. Because I think when we push this to three, we're just 
we're playing with time that I don't know if we can necessarily guarantee. And, and I think we can get two more years, and I, I want him to happen in the next two years. So I, I'm just rooting for him to go somewhere that seems a little bit farther along. I, I don't want this to – like, could you just imagine if he goes to Atlanta or Washington and he doesn't get it done in three years? Like, how miserable that's going to be? Like, that's not going to be fun for anyone. And then he's going to get fired, and it's going to be – I, I just I want him to get it, so he's got to go somewhere and and actually get it done. And if it was limited talent in New England that it was holding him back. I want him to go somewhere with some actual talent. So if it ends up being Philly, so be it. it it's really yeah. That's I'm why at. I don't think he'll. I don't. That's why I don't think he'll go to Washington. Maybe, maybe Atlanta. I think they have a lot of. I mean, we we all know about the skill position players, and if he thinks he can use those, but they don't have a, a surefire quarterback. So, I mean, he already. He already interviewed with them, but I think there's going to be more more on the horizon. Yeah, I hated that Atlanta celebrated like they they hung a banner this weekend that they interviewed Belichick, just letting the world know he's here. He came he came to interview with us, like like this is all official or anything like that. And then they interviewed well, they interviewed Har- they just the Harbaugh they interviewed someone else this week too, or is it Pete Carroll? I think the uh, the the best. Uh, the best joke that got fired off on that was Nora Pinciotti from The Ringer when replied to that on x saying uh you know from the atlanta interviewer uh side say hey could you tell us about a time that you uh went through a difficult situation yeah yeah great yeah <laughs> i think i think that was, that, that was my favorite where big of them i, I mean it's all, all a business but that super bowl is not that long ago and that owner was down on the field he thought he had a Super Bowl and he wanted to be on the field. And he went down. He went down too early. Yeah, no, it's it, the other thing with this Belichick thing is you know he was doing a whole lot of he had a whole lot of jobs. He's wearing a lot of hats in New England, and I think the GM job isn't is an easy one to be critical of that it hasn't been the most successful thing. So going to all these destinations we just named, you know, all all these places they have current GMs right now and. We we were already kind of axed off the coaches that are still actively employed. Are we axing off GMs too? Like I I don't know if anyone's going to give him the entire car keys to everything anymore. And I don't know. Maybe it, that's the only reason I think he does end up at like Atlanta or Washington, where they're just like, well, we're we're kind of desperate enough to take you for for anything. Like if we want to just clean house here, we'll do that. But I don't know if that's the smartest job for him or anyone else. So that's going to I think factor into his actual decision more than it really should like I wish he could just just take a roster man and just go win like forget about all that stuff just just go out and coach do you have a a favorite Belichick moment uh, it's a little tricky because it's not the same as, no. as Tom Brady the same as a as a as an athlete where it's a little more behind the scenes Wait, uh, on, uh, on to Cincinnati that's Belichick right that, that... yeah isn't think... that funny that was after a loss that was after a bad loss, and he just didn't want to take questions. But that is one of his most famous quotes. And then we went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So it turns into, but at the moment, that was a, this this thing might not be working. That was earlier in the year, if I'm not mistaken. I just thought it was great of, like, I don't care what anyone says right now. I'm on to Cincinnati. Like, we're, I'm putting it by. None of this is going to be productive. You guys can get all your little stories, your, your little podcast tweets and whatever. I'm on to Cincinnati. Like you guys are wasting your time if you think you're gonna get anything out of me, or if there's gonna be anything you're gonna learn out of this that's gonna help prepare this team for for next week or an, overanalyze the the crap that's happened in the last whatever weeks. It's it was it was great. One just... of uh one one of my favorites, and this was more the prep 
that he did. I can't remember what year it was, but we were playing the Ravens in the playoffs, and we did a, a scheme. <laughs> I guess a, we lined up in a way that was deceiving, where we had offensive linemen covering up, or it was confusing. And then we leaked out a couple of times and got first downs uh, to offensive linemen. And uh, Harbaugh was so upset afterwards, but it was really a old rule or it was a rule that wasn't implemented or wasn't used very often that Bill and you know, people keep saying over and over again, like no one knows the rule book as well as Bill Belichick does. And that I believe that offseason, they changed the rule specifically because of what Bill Belichick did. And I just love that he probably knew about that rule forever, but said, I'm going to hold on to this until we really need it. And, you know, the week before practice said, hey, we got to be prepared for this. And that was when he decided to use it because he knew I can only use this once. After I use this, I probably won't be able to do it again because either they're going to change the rules or people are going to know about it. They're going to be aware of it. So that's one of my favorite, favorite moments. It's going to be some tough shoes to fill. But I mentioned the urgency of us having a high draft pick and the season being kind of dire that we're going to have to rebuild this team and make a whole lot of decisions. And the faster we get somebody in here, the the faster we can start getting on the same page and make the decisions. Well, it turns out we already had that decision made. Gerard Mayo, I believe, had it written in his contract that when Bill left, he was going to take over. And Gerard Mayo is now our new head coach for the New England Patriots. I like keeping the cohesion of it all, but I'm also very, very worried and very, very familiar with the Belichick coaching tree. It's not the most successful, and a lot of other teams have taken a stab at it of their second-guessing or whatever else we let go of coordinators, and it hasn't exactly worked out for anyone else. I suppose Rabel's a bit of an exception, and perhaps Mayo will be as well. But are, are you excited? Are you worried? Did you like that we already kind of had this in plan and that we're kind of doing the sa- a similar Belichick way with a little bit of youth is that is that what you wanted are you hoping for a little bit more of an overcorrection and overhaul I'm not excited I had mentioned that before that I said once Belichick leaves there's no one they can bring in that I'm thinking is going to be better than he was so now we're bringing in a uh, rookie coach always a always a risk uh, I, I, I just I, I don't really know you know what what to think because he's he's brand new so when he comes in i, I mean how long of a leash does he have i i know when we we got a when we traded doc rivers and then we got brad stevenson that came out of nowhere he was a rookie coach he was coming from college we gave him a seven i believe it was a seven-year contract with the idea being hey if you're not good year one that's not the expectation like you're gonna figure things out this team is a rebuilding team we got a high draft pick Everyone's thinking we're going to take a quarterback. Uh, I guess we still need, are going to need a GM. That's also a little bit of a concern that we have a coach before a GM. I think usually you do that the, the other way around because the GM hires the coach. So, you know, there's a little bit of trepidation there. But I just hope that they give him enough leeway. And the fans, you know, we, we got to also be aware of it. If we start off 0-3, it's not just immediately, oh, you can't figure it out. He's garbage. Like, we, we got to give this guy some time to, you know, figure things out. It's, it's not like Belichick was successful this year, and that's a little bit of a concern of keeping things similar. But I, I do like that the, the Patriot way has to still mean the Patriot way, and it might have not have been what it once was the last couple of years, but it, it, it still could be, and I, 
I, I think this. Well, could we're gonna be... find out. We're gonna find out. Is it the Patriot way or is it the Bill Belichick way? We're gonna and find it out. Could for be sure. that it very much overlaps, but we are gonna find that out. I don't like it. I already feel like we're we're losing this all together. It, it doesn't. I you know I don't like that there's stories leaking also that we weren't really treating Belichick the best of the last couple of years. I know he's not the greatest or easiest guy to work with either, right? There's there's certainly a Bill's way or Bill's way, and I understand that, but it, it's it's been pretty successful. It's worked pretty good, and it doesn't sound like uh, Robert Kraft's son is really a, a, as big a fan of Belichick as as, as he could have been, and I, I'm just curious to see if the stories are going to come out and I, I just don't like the direction and what that's really representing this is a guy that gave us everything we could ever really ask for and you just you just dude you just take the rest he, not just going to the super bowl every every four years on average he won the super bowl six super bowls in 24 seasons that's crazy 25 percent of the time Look, it, it, we could spend the whole podcast in, and this talking is, about this. This is in the modern. This is in the modern era. That means there's free agency. There is salary cap. You just can't pay guys whatever you want. You have to. You have to pay a certain amount. You have to wheel and deal. And he was not just the coach. He was also the GM during that. People are really taking shots at him for how the draft went the past few years. But GM is not just drafting players. You have to sign free agents. You have to do trades. You have to build a team. It's it's more than just drafting. It's a lot. It'll never be done again. All right. Speaking of, so. it'll never be done again. He was not the only Hall of Fame coach to retire. I mentioned a bunch of other names, but Nick Saban is walking away from Alabama, and and I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I just I actually thought he had a pretty good coaching year this year. We we joked about how you know, this is like his lowest year he's had in who knows how long, and that they're going to be even better next year. There's nothing to even worry about. And and he's 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 just he's just done. He's not he's not doing it anymore. I I, I just I looking at the whole season differently. If we, we'd known this, I thought he, I thought we would know this going in. I'm very shocked by this. Are are you shocked by it? I, I I didn't see it coming. I did not realize that he was in any way unhappy or getting towards the end of his uh, tenure. I, I I thought it was it, it wasn't. Alabama was pushing him out. <laughs> like you said, we had joked earlier in the year, like, oh, down here for Alabama, they only made it to uh, the final, to the, the, the college playoff, where most teams, if they did that, you know, they'd, that'd be a parade for their coach. But he, he is getting older. I, yeah, I just, I, I'm not really super plugged into the, uh, to the Alabama, you know, football team, but I, I, I didn't hear, even hear any rumors or it was just, all of a sudden, it wasn't, uh, this might be happening. It's just, here's the announcement. And like you said, it just, it was just one right after the other in just a 24-hour span. My, my life has, has changed entirely. It's like, all right, who are the best coaches? It's like, well, man, I got to reorganize. I got to make a new list. Like, there, I, I never knew. Like, there was a quick answer was this guy and that guy. And as of right now, neither of them are coaching any teams. I, I do worry a, a little bit. I mean, we talked about how much of the Belichick way versus the Patriot way. How much of this is the saving way and how much of this is Alabama? Like, is Alabama in trouble right now? I mean, these aren't shoes I'd want to replace. But if you were, you know, one of the main recruits and one of the biggest things was you got to play for this guy and he's no longer there. How much of it is the program and how much of it was I get to play for that guy? And look, look what he does. Like, is this 
is this a huge concern? Like, is the rest of the college world like kind of excited to jump on Alabama now? I think that they are thinking there there's a uh, there's a vulnerability there. Uh, I believe at least one of the wide receivers who had committed earlier in the week decommitted, and that's not unusual uh, for any team because you you're, you're recruited a lot of times by the coach. Similar to the Patriots, they have already hired their new coach. They hired uh, Kalen Dubois. He was the Washington, so made it to the to the national championship. So if you're going to pick a guy, it's not not the worst guy in the world to pick, as well as there – I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was – for recruiting, there's different star levels, and the amount of star-level guys that you had on the team, each, each champion, there's like a certain number. And so Washington – was definitely below that number. So might show that, hey, where Saban was really good at recruiting, this guy was really good at coaching these guys that were not at the same level. And so maybe with the Alabama resources, he will be able to bring them in. I don't know. Just like you said, the Belichick way, the Patriot way, the Alabama way, the uh, the Saban way. Saban was successful at a few different stops. I think that Alabama has also been a – uh, uh, top top tier program as well. So I think they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, we're seeing it's it's basketball, but Coach K left, and the recruiting, the infrastructure infrastructure is in place. Duke is still getting the top recruits. They're still at the absolute top of the recruiting class every year. They're still uh, uh, a, a good basketball team. So I, I wouldn't think they would just absolutely drop off a cliff. But that's just one recent where you have a coach that's had a ton of success has been there for a while leaves and it's not just an immediate drop off it just seems when you're kind of in the you're in the recruiting business you know for college like you're oh big you know, time you know so it's the stability of being a heavy recruiting team i mean honestly, like you said it's not going to go away but i, I i'm congratulating the coach of, of washington for, for kind of getting this job and I, I don't even think i blame him for jumping ship i mean this is this is alabama you have the chance to do these are the shoes you get a chance to fill and Perhaps he's, he can do even more for it, but you know the, the success that Washington had this year, like you said, this that was a down year for for Alabama. So it's well, you bring up the, uh, the the recruiting in the past, what five years or so with the name, image, and likeness. I think recruiting has changed a lot, and Saban seven in, in his seventies, so he's been doing things a certain way for a long time, and you get into your routine, and we're seeing it in both football and basketball some of these guys that are on, on the older side may be calling it quits just a little bit earlier than you would think and it could just be hey this game is just totally different i, I don't want to learn the new rules where uh kaylin uh this new coach he's 49 years old so for a coach you know younger younger coach uh so maybe he's willing to go and say hey these are the new rules i'm gonna be coaching for another 20 30 years i'm gonna be the you know the best at this and and at alabama they're, they're gonna have plenty of, of money to be put to be putting towards these recruits uh through all of these you know legal channels now and i think that it's just gonna be it's gonna be different but i think that it will be up to him to have success i don't think it will be because of alabama that he does not have success all right i don't know how you managed to do it but you got me to do more college football talk in January. I was like, this nothing until fall. Like, I, I, I couldn't do it. But then when a guy like that retires. I, that's, a, that's a huge. I mean, like, like you said, when you're making a list of uh, best 
coaches. You know, Nick Saban is, is up there, and a surprise, a surprise retirement. I, I we could we couldn't wait till September for that. All right. Speaking of surprises, we're going to stay in the college sport aspect here and talk a little college basketball, of which I I had a page of notes and I I just threw it out. I, and I, you know what I wrote down instead? I just wrote, "Nobody is safe. You're all on notice." Upset city. Nobody is safe. You're all on notice, and you all better better watch out. Nobody's good at basketball. You're all just chopping off the newest head at the top of the table here. Just just getting knocked off one by one. I think what seven of the top ten lost last week. It's hard to reassess because the numbers keep changing every day, and it's <laughs> it, it's it's wild. I don't even. Where do where do you want to begin? I got, I I got it for you. So I mentioned last week. Uh, some some games to watch, and then later in the week, I'd let you know. I said, "Hey, look out! There there could be a, a bunch of upsets tonight." And you're like, "Oh, okay." And boy, did I call my shot there! And then Saturday, there were even more. So here, I got it for you: the number one, two, three, five, six, eight, nine, eleven, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-three, and twenty-five teams in the AP poll last week lost to unranked teams. That doesn't even count the teams that lost to ranked teams. So a complete just everybody going down. There were storms everywhere. It was it, it was wild. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because my team did not get upset. They did not play very well, but I avoided it. And when Duke avoids that, then it's awesome. What I did not like was I think like I said, I can't remember it must be I think it was Wednesday when there was all those upsets. There was the opportunity. Uh, UNC and UConn were both playing on the road as well, and they both won. And now we have uh, the unfortunate situation that UConn is now the number one team in the country, and that is men's basketball, not women's basketball. I'm not worried. Like I said, nobody's safe. I, this is all going to shuffle out and balance at some point. We're going to have some teams redeem themselves and get back in. We're going to have some teams that I think are continue to drop, and that we're going to say, hey, we got some real problems here, and they're getting figured out by who knows what. But it's a, it's so it's such a wild game where I don't even know who's who's good and we we say like oh the number one team went down and now they're the ten seed and it's like tomorrow when they lose as a ten seed it's like well they were only a ten seed was they even that good and it's like well four days ago they were the one seed so it's I, I don't know it's 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 hard to keep track of it's it's hard to say anything is set in stone for any long period of time so congratulations to UConn for now do you think next week when we do the podcast they will still be the number one seed. It's funny that you ask that because they are on my list for games to watch this week. On Saturday, UConn goes to Villanova, and that is one of my games of the week. So I think that they will win, but it is not a guarantee that is going to be a tough game playing on the road. So especially once you become number one, I think that there's a lot more attention. You're just having that number in front, especially it just seems the, uh, the past few years has almost been a a signal of hey i wonder who's gonna lose next well who got named number one recently and then in the next two weeks that team goes down they did they have not held on to it for very long all right what other games we got to look out for this week uh we gotta we gotta get to the nba we got a lot of topics too okay these are all on saturday we have alabama at tennessee we have iowa state at tcu the yukon at villanova that i just mentioned and byu at texas tech but then I also have for you, Will, would you like to hear some good news about Michigan State? Don't give me the Izzo son thing with the basket. It's a great story, but we're, we're such a struggling team. I hate that this is becoming like the highlight of the season. 
Let's let's I, beat somebody. What, what is it? What, what is this? What is the story? I I had not heard this. What what's the deal? His son, uh, he scored his first basket for Michigan oh, State. That's awesome. It's it is awesome. It's great. We we blew that's out a team. News. He he managed to sneak and get some minutes on. I guess he's been on the team for four. I think it was five years. Maybe. I, don't ask me how the how you managed to get five years of college again. But it's it, it it's a cool story. I just it's I want to be happy about like okay we did this and we won in, against the other teams too. Like it's it's, it's we're only celebrating that this guy scored now. Because the rest of the season has been garbage, and that's where we're at. So you got good news for me. I'll take it because the, the Illinois game tore me apart. I we played just good enough to get into it, and it would have been like a good win because they they just play, they played Purdue like the week before. It just it was right there. It, it, I, I was disappointed with this. So that's that's my frustration. So, but perhaps you have good news. So the good news for you, and this is just funny because last week we were talking about how Izzo went on a rant. And kind of unprompted, said he hated analytics. He was against analytics. You know, all all the nerds. But that is not a two-way hate situation. The analytics love Michigan State. Michigan State is number 16 in Ken Palm, and they are number 22 in the net. So what that says is the analytics, you know, they don't think that you're a terrible team. They think you might turn this thing around. So if you're you know, really down, just, you know, there might be a chance. There might be a chance you turn this whole season around. How much of that is going to help us actually get into the tournament? Don't we need actual wins? Uh, You would think so, but the net is what they say. Where Ken Palm, that's his own guy. There's other analytics. They're their own guy. But the net, they've said that, that this is like the new RPI. Like, this is how when they get into the, into the room together, uh, the committee, they're looking at, Quad one wins, quad three losses. They're looking at all that, and that's how the net uh, rankings are, are come up with. So it's not hard and fast that whatever the net ranking is, that's how the teams line up, but they do use it as a guide. I feel like you're cornering me to say, like, the earth is flat. Like, I, the eye test of this team, I'm, I'm like, siding with Izzo. This is, this is an underwhelming offense that has struggled to shoot all year that has also now recently forgot how to play defense and is playing down to the level of teams that shouldn't even be scoring. And we just give up 90 points to teams that have no business getting 90. I like, I'm say what you want about the numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm bitter about it all. I'm, I'm still on team Izzo with the eye test is hard to watch and it's not looking great. And I don't feel like a 16, a 16 best team in the country to you. Like, I, or even 21 or whatever on the net. Like, I don't feel like that. I, I feel I feel like we're in jeopardy of missing the tournament. I think that's that's how I'm feeling at this moment. I I I'm just throwing it out there. I think it's funny that Izzo hates the analytics, but the analytics love Izzo. All right, can we get to NBA? Mm-hmm. You want to start with the good news, sure can. the bad news, or the worst news? Let's start with the worst news. Well, the worst news of the week was easily the Jerry Cross ceremony. That was Oof. not a ceremony in any way. It was a bunch of drunken fans making drunk mistakes, and I don't know how else to describe it. Essentially, booing a widow of of Kraus live at a, at a ring ceremony, a successful team like in house ceremony. It's not like they were giving him a ring and he went and won it in some other team, and he, he just returned his first time back to Chicago. And he also wasn't even there. This guy's bad. 
I, I, I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it actually is, but I just thought it was certainly the uglier story of the week that you shared with me. And I might have even kind of defended them of being like, well, they're, they're fans at basketball games. They're not thinking. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, that that's just that's just not a good look. Like nobody nobody should be doing this. I, I don't even think Kraus, uh, I, I think he had bad media. I think if we were to redo all that all over again, it, it would have, he would have aged a little bit differently in a different era, I believe. But what, what, what do you got on this one? I mean, this is just, this is just the, the bad news, the bad or worst news of the week I had. So <laughs> get me out of here. I'm sinking. So, yeah, to give just a little more uh, backstory, the Chicago Bulls decided that they were going to do a ring of honor for the you know the mid '90s, Bulls had a ton of success. First problem, uh, Michael Jordan wasn't there, Scottie Pippen wasn't there, and uh, Dennis Rodman wasn't there. Well, those were kind of not just kind of those were the three main guys from those championships. If they can't show up, like you, you couldn't have done. Hey guys, when can you show up? All right, well. They're, they're too famous. They don't even want to show up. Okay, well, they did it while the Warriors were playing there, so Steve Kerr could be there. All right. You know, they're okay. You know, make do with what you have, but already. All right, you got, you got a problem. They uh, Phil Jackson was there. They introduced Phil Jackson. They cut him off early. I guess there wasn't enough time, so they had to cut his uh, ovation early, as well as they didn't announce all of the players on the team. They just announced the team, and, like, all these guys are here. And then, yeah, just the, 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 the worst – you know, the worst crappy cherry on top of all of this is they show Jerry Krause and you kind of hinted at it. Yeah, he, he passed away in, in 2017, so he's not even there. In his stead, his widow was there to accept the 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 honor and they showed Jerry at first, so they booed and then they showed the widow and so the boos carried over it wasn't directly they saw the widow and immediately they're booing jerry but you could tell she was very upset understandably i you know she was, wasn't expecting that it was unfortunate uh and for a little more of the history on it you know it wasn't that long that the uh, last dance documentary came out jerry Krause was the gm for for the six championships now, at the end, it soured, and a lot of the blame has been put on him, and a lot of the blame in the Last Dance documentary, one being because he couldn't defend himself because he, he wasn't around. So you're hearing the owner, who since then has had very little success. I mean, Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, that's about it, uh, as well as Michael Jordan was also not a fan. So I think Jordan has made a lot of disparaging comments about him, and in the in the documentary, so he took a lot of the blame. So I get where you were coming from when we discussed it earlier this week, saying, "Hey, like these are fans, you know, this." Is this. And I do believe if you watch the video, once they actually do show the the, the his widow, you could tell she's very upset. The booze did seem to end pretty quickly and try to go to cheers, but the damage had already been done. It just all around just bad bad optics. I you know, let me let me ask you, do you: If you're the the widow, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name, but if do you think this was something she was excited to do, or do you think this was something they were begging her to show up for because they're trying to get as many people involved as possible, and that she was probably dreading this 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 moment for for a while, and not even expecting this, but just being like, why, I like this wasn't me, this was him, 
this is great. I, I understand the honor of it all, but I is the, the, there wasn't an excitement to be there is my guess for all this. And then for it to be this sort of I, night. I would think that she would have been excited. And I don't know any of the interactions, but just thinking if you were around uh, a team like that for a decade, you know, they had to have done family stuff together. I believe I would have thought she'd known the, you know, the players, the other staffing that was there, you know, like I said, the, Phil Jackson was there. I don't know if other coaches were there as well. I have to imagine there was just some sort of, it's almost like a, you know, an, an office party, but at the, at the highest level that you had the success. It had to have been fun at cert, at some point, And you're just seeing people that you hadn't seen in a while. So I would think that, but I, that's a lot of conjecture. Well, that's just the power of a, of a Netflix documentary, which the NBA recently announced that they're doing a new one. Featuring uh, what a bunch a bunch of young stars. Uh, how who are they? Who are they? You told me the players. I already forgot them. It was all it was all stars. But you were you were upset that it was uh, too many Americans. I it's not. Look, if we're gonna get into the background of all these people, I just thought it'd be a little bit more diverse if we had some of the international guys. Like, there's some really good international guys, and assuming there is success to this, I don't see us slowing down from them. And that there's, there's I'm just saying there's more international guys we can get in the future. We could, we just gonna mix in a couple more. I don't it have a problem be, with the list. It, it will be uh, Sabonis, uh, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, no, it's a great it's a great spectrum yeah. of, of talent and different guys in different points in the career that have uh, traveled and been to different places. Even some of the college histories are, are interesting on all these guys or the or the international aspect. There's there's good stuff. The, the, I just. If you're asking me if I could just handpick everybody, I'm picking like Luca and Bead, Jokic, guys that are generally or Shea that maybe we don't know quite as much about, or we don't know the background of of where they grew up quite in detail. I I just I kind of I feel like I know everything else, and I because I'm a diehard NBA guy, and I I want to dig a little bit more in, into kind of the international stuff. But I'm not knocking the list. The list is fine. Do Do you think there's gonna be future booze to some widow in, in the future because of this documentary Yikes. like do we do we need to slow down these documentaries maybe we're causing more harm than good yeah. i i just if you're, now you're like mixing the two topics i just i just don't know how you boo a guy that got you six championships it just seems like if in 20 years you bring back belichick and then he gets booed because of the mac jones bailey zappy years and just completely just you know mistake all the other actual successful years where yeah could you have won more maybe i i don't know did he want more credit oh no like powerful man wants more credit for things that he did like that that that's everybody everybody wanted more credit so that, that's probably why the the team fell apart that is not a, a new thing you know the disease of more that's been talked about uh, all, all sorts of time and then you know the the warriors holding on for so long where it's like hey you know all these guys want more credit you know, no, nobody wants to work as hard. You, you just, you've, you've already gotten it. But I don't think we're gonna have booze. I think this is gonna be a dud. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's, it's for you and me. Like uh, I've mentioned before, with the, uh, the, the football one. This is basketball adjacent. We're already watching basketball. We're already into it. I can't imagine that anything is really gonna come out of this that is going to be that interesting. I mean, there's probably gonna be some awesome, uh, Jason Tatum with his son Deuce moments and. There'll be a few headlines here and there, but I think overall, like for us, it's not going to be something that we're watching and we're recapping on on the, on the podcast. 
Yeah, I'm going to run through a couple quick topics here. NBA two-night draft. We like that, right? More content? Spread it Why? all out? You Why? don't want it? So you don't dumb. want it? Who, who's going to watch the second round? Nobody. Nobody watches the second round anyways. They can might as well just have it on another night. I just I, – I, I don't know how they're going to promote that. The same way they, they promote I, – I could, I, could, I could see if they did – maybe if you did the the lottery or the first 10 one night and then you did the rest of it, but – just having the, the the second round, I like 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 you said, not many people watch it. You know, I'm a pretty uh, avid fan, and it's like that's on mute, and then it gets it goes it goes pretty late. I I don't even so, watch it. I wait for the text message. I'll catch up on Twitter, and it's just a million times easier on a website than because it, it's not really easy to keep track of it even live on TV. It's not a good like TV watch. No. It's a better like article read, like hours after it's over, and it all yeah. settles, and all the trades like actually make sense. But that being said, the the NFL has milked as much out of this as they can. You know how many sob stories they can air on two days in a row? Like that's I, what they're doing. It's that's, it's totally different in the in in the NFL. They have what is it seven rounds? So that makes sense to spread it out. And a second round pick in the NFL, I think, is much more likely to make a team than a second round pick in the in the NBA. I, I just don't know who it's for because, like you said, you. You and I are pretty plugged in, and even you and I are just, eh, I don't know, second round. How many of those guys are even going to be, you know, be playing? It's more of, hey, check, check check, to see if your your college guys made it. But, I, yeah, I, I and you're saying all these these stories and all these sob stories, which I think in the past year or so they've tried to go away from uh, after they've gotten some negative feedback on it. So if you're doing all these human interest stories, like how are you getting those people to watch the second round? I just don't know how it lines up. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I can't tell you how frustrating it is to watch an NBA draft when it's like, all right, I've watched every hour of this, and yet I still don't know where every player is going. Like, I, I couldn't have watched any more of this content, and yet you know, there's so many unanswered questions watching it live that I have to go online or onto Twitter to figure out anyways. And it's like, why am I even watching this? I, I have to watch a commercial every five minutes. I have to, like, I could just wait, and I, I gain all the same information. There's no advantage of being the first one to know anything about a draft. So, like, the live aspect of all these shows is such a dud for me. So I, I don't really care. It's fine. If we're going to prioritize the second day, it's, it's more NBA. More NBA, more content. Let, let us have it. Kawhi Leonard signed an extension. A three-year extension. The leverage is gone. The the, uh, the threat I'm going to get up and leave is, in theory, gone. I kind of want to give him credit for having the balls to do it, and I want to kind of give him credit for doing this phantom recovery thing like three times in his career and kind of getting back to where he was again. He looks great out there. And then I say that today, this week, and tomorrow, that might be a completely different story. But for the time being, and for what they've been the last couple weeks, they've been great. I got a, I got a couple wins written down here for how many wins teams have had since the in-season tournament. There are two teams tied for first. Do you want to take a guess? The Celtics and the Jazz? Celtics and Jazz, 15 wins each. Oof. Denver's got 14. Clippers have 14. Thunder, 13. And the Bucks have 13. You're going to enjoy this this back end of the spectrum a little bit more. You want to guess what teams are at the other end that have the fewest wins since the in-season tournament? Lakers and Warriors? Lakers have six wins. They're fourth to last. There are three teams that have less oh, wins yeah, than that was, them. Oh, yeah, that was dumb. It's got to yeah, be the Spurs and the Pistons. That was, Or maybe the Wizards. Wizards, four. Spurs, four. Nets, four. Ooh. Yeah, not looking good. 
Not looking good for those teams. But uh, hottest team in the league, I, I think, at this point is Boston and, and the Utah Jazz. How about them Jazz, man? Making some noise. I, I was talking about how we wanted Memphis to be the team to chase and kind of put a little bit of pressure on, on Golden State and the Lakers. Well, the Jazz are already there, and they're doing it right now. This, this is this is pedal to the metal right now. They, they've won, like, I think 14 of the last 16, something, something wild. But I don't know how long this can go. I don't even know what the direction this team is going in. They're just winning. Like, what, what do you think they should be doing? Should they be continuing with this roster? Should they be making moves? Should they be trading for more assets, going more in on this year? Like, it's, it's a very interesting scenario to be there. They're kind of a successful rebuild, but they're very much still in the rebuilding mode. Like, this isn't even close to being a polished product. What are we doing in Utah? I, I'm, I'm going I'm to trust whatever Danny wants to do. But I could see maybe a, a couple moves here and there and, you know, try and try to make a little bit of a run and maybe, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of uh, maybe a little ahead of schedule. They torched the Pacers last night and they I think it was last week that they slammed the uh, the Bucks at their place where just, you know, a couple of times you're expecting the Jazz to get beat or at the very least it's. All right, they're up now, but you know they're never going to hold on to this. But then I'm seeing some of these scores, and it's like, wait, this is midway through the fourth, and they're up 20. Like they're getting it done. Laurie marketing looks great. I know he's in a whole bunch of trade rumors. I I think I think he's untradeable at this point. Like I, I think you're you're crazy if you're moving on from him. I think he's a piece at this point that you're just never. If you trade him, you're going to spend a long time trying to replace him. Like that's just not. I don't think he's a piece you move. Everyone else though, I think is kind of fair game. The John Collins thing is interesting, and the Kessler thing is interesting because they don't all seem to play together very well. But we'll see, we'll see where that kind of all boils down to. Uh, last last NBA story I got here: there was a trade. I don't know if you heard between Detroit and Washington. Two teams really trying to make improvements really fast. You know, trying to <laughs> trying to make the most out of the year. Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala heading to Detroit. Marvin Bagley and Livers heading to Washington. I don't know what this deal really does for any team. Is, is this really a story? I mean. What are we doing here? These are two of the worst teams. They didn't. They didn't really even get better in this deal. I really liked uh, Marvin Bagley at Duke. Uh, I, I really thought he, he had a, a, one of the fastest second bounces that uh, that I'd ever seen. I really thought that he was just really springy, kind of in the the Rob Williams mold. I really thought that he was going to be good in the NBA. That has not really been the case. I think this is more a uh, <laughs> just. I don't even know what you call it, but like the, the Pistons just. It's not just the play on on the court. It's also in the front office. They signed this guy uh, that for more of a contract than they needed to, and then it didn't work out for them. So they had to attach players and two second round picks to get off of the contract. So this is something that bad teams do. They sign the wrong guys that then they have to use draft capital to get out of those holes, and it's just unfortunate that's Marvin Bagley. Too bad for Marvin Bagley. Not looking great. Uh, Draymond's back. Uh, anything to add for Draymond's return? Uh, they got beat. They got beat by by the Memphis Hustle, the G League team. Gigi Jackson, two-way player, most points scored. He got to to talk to Shaq after after the game. He was he was so excited. He's the youngest player in the in the NBA. Great great news for him. I always like Gigi Jackson because he committed to UNC and then he realized I absolutely do not want to play here and he got out of there. So I, I like him. But Draymond came back and they still stink. They got a lot of problems there. There was a lot more than just missing Draymond. The, the, the Chris Paul thing's not great. I don't know what moves they have. And the more they sink, the more I think they run out of options for moves. 
going to be a rough one for them. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. I believe we'll be back on schedule next week. Thank you, as always. Make sure you like and subscribe. Spotify, YouTube. Little of column A, little of column B. Little column A, little column B.